Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Be Excellent, with our guest, Patrick. Thank you for being here today, Patrick. Would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, sure thing, Matt. My name is Patrick Marcus. I'm the president of Marcus Engineering, which is an electronics and software consultancy in Tucson, Arizona. We primarily work on medical device development and military and aerospace, a lot of high reliability products and projects. I got my start pretty early on. I'm a Tucson native. I grew up here. I went to the University of Arizona for an electrical engineering degree. I also got a PhD in biomedical engineering at the University of Arizona. And I also went through the McGuire Entrepreneurship Program at the Eller College of Management at U of A. So I got a pretty broad background. And my interest in engineering started because my dad was an engineer. And as we grow up, we typically either want to be like our parents or we want to be the exact opposite of our parents. And I fell into the first category. I got to play with soldering irons and got to build things with my dad and work on cars and stuff when I was a kid. Engineering was a natural inclination for me. And my mother was a nurse, so there was some natural inclination for medicine, which led me towards pre-med and biomedical engineering. And as I was a younger student, even though I've got my own company now and got a PhD, I was a slacker in high school. I didn't get the best grades, and I went to U of A because it was a school that I could get into, and I wasn't that motivated to move far away from home. And luckily, I really took advantage of the education that U of A offered. And I took the bull by the horns and I worked harder and I did much better in college than I did in high school. And I made a good career for myself. Wonderful. So why did you choose this career? I think I chose it primarily because it was comfortable in some ways. So having a father that was an electrical engineer and a mother that was a nurse, I had a natural inclination towards medicine and engineering. And my grandfather was also an attorney. So I thought when I went to college, I'll be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. But obviously you have to choose a little earlier than your senior year, what you actually want to be when you grow up. And it turns out, and I don't know how I figured this out, but I did somehow, I realized if I get an engineering degree, I can still go to medical school. If I get an engineering degree, I can still go to law school. But if I do pre-law or pre-med, I can't be an engineer without starting over. So essentially, I kicked the can down the road and said, I'm going to be an engineer because I can do any career with an engineering degree. So that's really what got me started. What's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? I think the one thing that I wish I knew when I was in school was how important relationships are and how important your network is. As an engineer, I'm an introvert. And I think most engineers are introverted and they focus on their capabilities and their scholastic skills. 
And they often don't spend a lot of time building relationships with their professors, making sure that they have internships and are building relationships with industry. And also, they don't spend as much time building relationships with their peers. They might have their core friend group, but building a network isn't core. And as I've grown in my career, I found that having a good network, having those relationships is often more important than my actual technical chops. For sure. And I, I always tell my students, look to the person to your right, look to the person to your left. That's your future network. The people that you're meeting in your undergraduate classes, some of those people will be lifelong friends or definitely people that you can go to when you have like professional situations that you want to talk out. Definitely. And you also talked about the importance of relationships with clients and stuff. And I know you have your own firm. What are some of the things that you've learned since graduation, like managing client relationships? I think that in managing any kind of relationship, whether it be a client relationship or a personal relationship or a relationship with your employees or a relationship with your boss is be genuine, be honest. That doesn't necessarily show all your cards or leave money on the table when you're negotiating with someone, but it doesn't really pay to be deceptive. And being genuine, being honest, trying to find not only a good solution for yourself, but for the person across the table from you, those always build the best relationships. Summarizing, I would say, focus on being genuine and focus on finding a way to not only make yourself happy, but to make the people around you happy as well. And those produce the best outcomes. Win-win, as they call it. The win-win, for sure. And I think also like when your relationships are built on that genuine honesty and trust, like when you get into a high stress situation or there's some tensions in a relationship, you've built up, you know, that kind of relationship equity that can help in those troubling times of a relationship. Absolutely. Leaving my next question, can you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? Oh, there are so many, but I will recall one that was particularly challenging for me. So earlier in my career, I worked at a solar manufacturing company, and this was during the solar heyday when President Obama put hundreds of millions of dollars and pumped it into the solar industry. So all these solar companies were spending tens, 50, $100 million all over the place trying to get these solar manufacturing lines off the ground. And our company was deeply involved in the design and manufacturing of the equipment that went into these solar manufacturing plants. So we had a particular project where we had about $30 million of equipment. And granted, I'm just a few years out of school at this point, out of my PhD, about $30 million worth of equipment being installed in Hayward, California, which is right next to Oakland. And I had done a lot of the software design for those systems and a lot of the electrical design. And I knew that the project wasn't going well and the installation wasn't going well. It was behind schedule. There were a lot of pieces of equipment on the system that weren't working correctly. And the customer had such an aggressive schedule. They were under the gun and none of their stuff was working and none of their other vendor stuff was working. And it was just really challenging. But I kept myself out of it and primarily focused on my own work until one day the president of our company came in and he said, Patrick, this project out in California is going really badly. 
I'm going to take Bob off the project and I want you to fly out there and try to get this thing under control. And you can imagine how large my eyes got and how awful that was as an introvert to be thrown in a situation where I'm coming into a situation that I'm ill prepared for. I wasn't a strong manager. I wasn't a strong leader at this point. I had some project engineering experience, but I was really an electronics guy and a software guy. And I got thrown into this, hey, go deal with this $30 million piece of equipment that's broken and not going well, that you don't know all that much about other than your own responsibilities and go make the customer happy. Go get it finished. And it was really challenging. If you imagine the concept of being thrown from the frying pan right into the fire, this is about as much as you could do. So I flew out to California every week for six months. And my team and I, we worked from about six in the morning until eight at night. We never saw the sun. We were inside this factory all day long. And it was challenging. It was really hard. And we had a customer that was very angry. And we had a team that was demotivated. And I think what I learned from it is you're going to be faced with things that are unfair in your life. Part of going through the academic process is trying to create a level playing field for the students so that they can be evaluated fairly. But when you get out into industry, you can just be punched in the face by circumstance. And it's not always the most pleasant experience. And you can roll up into a ball and lay on the ground and cry, or you can persevere and throw everything you've got into success. And really what it came down to in my situation was really trying to motivate and build up the rest of my team that I had out in California and trying to build an organized plan for success. And what often happens is we get thrown into situations that appear overwhelming. And the opportunity is to take those overwhelming situations and break them down into bite-sized pieces because each bite-sized piece is digestible and manageable. And if you take something overwhelming and break it into its constituent parts and calm down and step back and say, okay, here's all the things we need to do. Let's tackle them one by one. Now, of course, I don't have any great advice for how to deal with the angry customer because in that situation, there was no relaxing their ire. But being able to articulate a plan and write down a plan and put it in front of them and say, we are going through this step by step and telling us to go faster or telling us it has to be done tomorrow isn't going to matter. We're going to keep our eye on the ball and we're going to go through each bite-sized piece and we're just going to keep pushing forward. And at the end of the day, it took six months, but we got it done and it was very late, but it worked. And it worked better than the other disaster systems that were on the factory floor because everybody had the same problem. Um, expectations were too high. Schedule was too short. Budgets were too small. And we pushed through. I think that story had a lot of great lessons. And I think one of the things I took from that story was when you said breaking it down into small pieces. And I think that's part of what you get in engineering education and problem solving is how to break down a problem and move it from those small steps to, to done. Certainly. And the other thing is, for the rest of my career after that, whenever things have been difficult or challenging, I can always keep that in perspective with respect to those years I was in California. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really quite as disastrous anymore when things go bad. And it's easier to calm people down 
and to take things into perspective because nothing has been as hard as that project was. And I appreciate having had the opportunity to truly stretch myself, see what I was capable of, and also recognize that when things are bad, they're often not as bad as we really think they are. I totally agree with that 100%. For my final question, what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I think I'll cheat a little bit and give a sub answer to this. And that is what I answered from the second question, which is build your network, build relationships, form those relationships with your professors, form relationships with industry, form relationships with peers. You have no idea what opportunities will come from that, whether it be jobs, whether it be friendships, whether it be support that you need when something happens, the more people you know, the more power you have. So you just mentioned the importance of building relationships. And earlier, you disclosed that you're an introvert. What advice would you give to an introverted engineer on building relationships and networking? You know, this is such a great question, because as an introvert, the natural inclination is always to, you know, in almost a joking sense, look at your shoes and not make eye contact, and hopefully the people will go away. But that's directly in conflict with the idea and the concept of building a network and building your relationships. So how do you get through that as an introvert? And I'll tell you, it's hard. It's challenging. Even after having been a speaker and a networker and a salesperson for 25 years, it still stresses me out when I have to interact with people and when I have a meeting and when I have a group of people around me. But the secret is you may never love it, but you may come to like it as people turn from colleagues into friends. That makes it easier. And you may never love it, but it does get easier as you get experience doing it. And it may always stress you out, but it becomes more natural as you practice it. And when I tell people today that I'm an introvert, they're often surprised. And they're like, you're not an introvert. You're absolutely an extrovert. And I said, no, no, no. After this mixer, after this meeting, after this talk, I'm going to go home. I'm going to sit in the shower. I'm going to turn it on nice and hot. And I'm just going to rock back and forth and cry myself to sleep. And, they, you know, that's, of course, a joke, but it is emotionally draining mm -hmm. for an introvert to be very socially active. And the best advice I could give is get out of your comfort zone. Stretch yourself. Force yourself to do the networking activities. Force yourself to communicate with people. Force yourself to uh, give talks, join organizations like Toastmasters if you are able to, and simply practice the human interaction, and it will get easier. And you will screw it up, and you will be awkward, and you will be sweaty, and you will say the wrong things. And what you will find is at the end of the day, no one really cares, and no one really remembers that you messed up or that you did something stupid. And the more you do it, the easier it will get even for an introvert. For sure. I agree with that 100%. But as far as the rest of the answer to this question, something more specific and new, I would say for people early in their career, be the best you that you can be. Be excellent. Do everything you do with excellence. And I say that because as engineers, when we're in engineering school, that's an amazing triumph. Every student should be so proud of the knowledge that they gained in STEM, which is challenging. The fact that they even got into engineering school and that they're pushing through a challenging program. But that doesn't mean that you're already excellent. You need to go further. You need to work harder. If you look around your classroom, 
Those are your peers, but they're also your life competitors. If you want the best job that you choose, rather than hoping someone will choose you for a job, you need to be in the top of your class. You need to be in the top of your performance. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a 4.0 student and that you're a valedictorian. But what it means is that you give 150% to everything that you do and that you try every day to accomplish your tasks in the most complete and the best way possible and that you try to deliver value to the people around you rather than delivering value to yourself. When you deliver value to others, they will deliver that back to you. And if you focus on being excellent, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but be excellent to each other, man. Yes, for sure. And that's a great movie if they haven't seen it yet. Thank you so much for that very sage advice and for being on the podcast today. Certainly, Matt. This was a real pleasure, and I hope the students get a lot of value out of it. I think they will. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.